Welcome to Bite Size, a series where we talk to traffic and mobility experts, discuss innovation, and highlight business leaders within transport and city planning. Hello, my name is Emily Bobbis and welcome back to another episode of the Bite Size Podcast. Road freight is a particular facet of the transport industry that is going through some absolutely transformational change and disruption. Those of us in Sydney will know that about a month ago, we were about 12 weeks deep in a lockdown, supermarkets were at capacity for their home delivery options, and Ozpost stopped taking all new orders for a period of four days due to the impact of COVID on their workforce and the fact that order levels were akin to those seen at Christmas time. The importance of the transport and logistics industry has been increasingly exposed throughout this whole COVID pandemic, and in turn, it's bringing focus to freight tech solutions. My guest today is Jeffrey Henry, and he is the CEO and founder of Aussie logistics startup, Ovload. He's going to be discussing the disruption of one of our oldest and one of our most manually driven industries in Australia. We'll run through some of the trends, the tech, as well as discuss issues around sustainability, efficiency, and the power imbalance that exists between small and large industry players. So Jeff, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Thank you very much, Emily, for having me. I wanted to start first by having you talk through a little bit about your career journey and talk a little bit more about Offload. Yeah, um, absolutely. My, my career has been like um, going in, in a lot of different places, right? I've started, um, I've done a typical business school in Europe, um, then went, did like an internship in private equity, then worked two and a half years in hedge fund, and, and then completely dramatically changed both the country because I moved to Australia um, and also the, the industry. And I moved to the startup world um, for a company called HelloFresh. And um, and at HelloFresh, I was the, um, the head of operations there, so I, I was very much involved in, um, in everything that is logistics related as well as a, a few other aspects of the business. But logistics in itself um, was very much where there was the biggest pain point, um, keeping in mind that we're talking about 2014 here, and the last mile delivery of groceries or, or even like a meal kit food barely existed. So I had to handhold a bunch of... Uh, of companies to help us scale and grow the business so that they can support the volume that we were giving them, which um, which led me to, uh, to 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 have growing frustrations and, and resign from HelloFresh to do it myself and to join a company called Be Cool as a, as a co-owner and a, and a general manager. And I've done that for about a year and a half where we became like the largest player in Australia. We surfed on the wave of uh, this big thing of, um, of last mile deliveries of meal kits or ready-made meals. And so we we're almost opening like a CEO week. That's how, how quickly we grew to the point where HelloFresh and, um, and Malispoon decided to have a bit of a, bit of a war, a bit of a fight to acquire us and uh, sold the company back to HelloFresh, which, um, which was an amazing thing to do. From there, I kind of stumbled upon an adventure um, as a managing director of a of an ed tech company in Australia called Zuko. I was focused on the Australian part of the business and, and here it was very much wrapping up the marketplace and the, and the tutoring and Q&A platform to the point uh, where I've, I've managed to do everything that I was hired for, um, which was great, but it wasn't my adventure. So I resigned and uh, took a bit of time, traveled around uh, the world, specifically spent weeks and weeks in, in Indonesia, spent time in Berlin, trying to understand what my next adventure could be. And uh, that's why I've decided to start Ovload. I, I've always been passionate about logistics. 
Um, and um, and logistics is a is an amazing industry if you like to be solution driven and see the results. It's pretty tangible impact. And so um, so I've looked at what was happening around the world, and I've seen that there's this growing pattern of, of companies in technology just disrupting this super analog industry. And so I've looked at the best practices, I looked at the successful angles and the key economics that would make a business successful, and I've decided to um, to launch that in Australia. Um, and yeah, so that's that's why we're talking. Um, I've, uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I've launched in, in March 2020, and since then it's been a staggering, staggering growth. Um, I think like from August, like year to right now, we've done like 26x growth. Wow. Um, so really big. We've, we've strengthened the team. So since then, it's just been an amazing journey. Amazing. And it's it's kind of funny how you um, went a little bit full circle by working at HelloFresh and then got frustrated with their logistics. So then you went into logistics and then I got bought back by HelloFresh again. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a, a funny thing. And and it made sense because like I felt their pain. So I knew that they needed to have a solution that was a permanent one. Um, and they had to vertically integrate because um, when you when you do a few hundred thousand deliveries a week to households, like you, you need to start to control that part of the supply chain. If mm-hmm. not, you're very much exposed. And so I knew they were going to come down to understanding that, but I was of course more exposed in, in seeing it before them. So I left and did it and then the, they went and acquired the company. I feel like Ozpost uh, would also be probably learning from this as well right now with their logistical challenges of having to delay packages and everything due to the COVID restrictions and just the whole huge demand from consumers right now who's all stuck at home, particularly in Sydney. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and Australia Post is a great example because like, we could have seen it coming and, and, and vote between the moment you realize what's going to happen at the moment you can actually have an impact and make a change. There's years uh, because you need to invest in technology, you need to invest in automation, you need to invest in warehouses, you need to change your processes. So you can't all change overnight. And so gearing up for and understanding where the industry is going, having a clear vision of where things will go and where that will put some challenges or stress points in your supply chain, is key. You cannot be reactive. I, I definitely agree. And it's also part of the reason why I wanted to ask you the next question, which was about what do you think will be some of the new tech and the trends that we see or the ones that we are seeing, particularly in logistics and trucking and transport? And my favorite part of the question, which is which ones are you most excited about? I mean, I'm excited about every part. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely excited about every part that, that supports the industry. Right? I don't like um, the, the way we do our business um, is that we very much focus on the on the specific audience of the industry, right? There's 50,000 trucking companies in Australia, and and within that structure of the market, there's the players that are the leanest and most efficient, meaning that for the dollar you pay, you get the most value for your for your for your buck. For example, uh, if you go for an owner operator, then there's 24,000 of them in Australia, while you're literally paying the person who's also the driver. But if you go and see the biggest trucking companies. For the dollar you pay, 40 cents goes pure in overhead, paying for the dozens of thousands of employees that are not a truck and a truck driver. There's a lot of things that, that, that is happening, a lot of things that will influence that industry, but that will also support the right players. And, and that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about the David versus Goliath, of supporting the, the those that are the family-owned businesses that generate the real value mm. and, and finding solutions for them to, to, to last, to be able to be on top of technology. Um, and uh, and I see two main main big transitions in this industry. 
Um, there's going to be what is around big data and machine learning tools, and that's going to be around the optimization component. Freight is not simple, but freight is, is something that can be crunched as a data point, right? Every mm -hmm. single segment is a data point around the, the pickup, point A, point B, uh, the volumetric size of a certain uh, freight, the, the, the impact of weight, the impact of seasonality, the impact of type of ingredients or type of goods. Like there's just every single shipment is a multitude of data points. So by rather than being reactive in how you do the automation, the allocation of freight, you can be um, you can be proactive. Sorry, you can be you you can now start building predictability tools so that you can optimize in the future with a certain level of certainty. So machine learning here is going to completely change the industry, and this is what we're going to be focusing on. There's the second part, which is around what is happening within the trucking industry, within the car industry, the automotive industry, where you have self-driving cars coming up. You have a lot of different tools. But as, but as improving the safety of truck drivers, um, but are helping them to actually be, be be supported whenever they're tired, to have all the tools so that we can avoid accidents on the street. There's going to be the, the change of, of how the trucks are moving, right? From from carbon, from fuel to hydrogen to potentially electric mm. trucks. So within the trucking industry and within the trucking itself, there's a lot of technology. I definitely think think that proactivity is kind of like the magic word at the moment in the industry. It's come up so much across so many different areas of transport. So it's actually kind of cool that you raised it as well. And even the idea of having a an autonomous vehicle, part of that or part of the, the marketing behind that is this idea that it can preemptively predict crashes and like prevent prevent those kind of things from happening so it's really it's really cool that it's also happening in the the trucking industry in the freight industry yeah yeah it is it is and, and i like i want to really say something because like it, it's, i've seen a lot of pattern of people pointing fingers oh that industry didn't change enough or they're not adapting but it's hard right mm -hmm. uh, being first of all being a truck driver it's extremely hard. You're driving 12 hours a day. Mm. And then you're a truck driver, you invest in a second truck, you become a business owner, and then you invest in a, in a, in a third truck. I mean, 98% of the trucking companies in Australia have less than 10 trucks. Wow. So the ability to invest in technology, to even comprehend that as much as we can, um, it, it is not there, and it's normal. And they're working very hard. So I like the fact that we're not trying to replace the players in the industries. We're trying to support them. We're trying to give them the tools to be more efficient, the, the tools to avoid the crashes that you mentioned, mm -hmm. the tools to avoid the cash flow issues that they have, or the operational inefficiencies that they incur by not being able to have the right tools to, to give them indications or, or suggestions on how they should manage their freight. Keeping in mind that 30% of trucks are driving empty. Well, let us find a way to, 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 challenge, to challenge that, to, to reduce those empty miles, to give them the right freight. So that the business owners can focus on the core, most essential thing, which is the safety of their drivers, which is the maintenance of a truck. The rest should be technology and the rest should be us. Speaking of which, congrats because Ovload raised $3.8 million in this, in this whole push to uh, accelerate sustainability in, in this trucking and road freight industry. So, like, congrats because that's an amazing thing. Thank you. Um, and it does bring up that point of efficiency and sustainability, which I think has been a bit of an undercurrent in this conversation. Because as you said, trucks are really full when they're, when they're on the road. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I, I wanted your insights into how can we potentially tackle this underutilization of trucking resources and encourage better sustainability, efficiency, and maybe future-proofing the approaches that we take. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an image to, to, so that you can visualize what, we, what we're doing uh, mm-hmm. and, and what we're having a stab at. Um, imagine if you were uh, sitting in a satellite, right? Um, and you can see the entire planet Earth and you can see where all the trucks are moving at all times, where all the, the freight needs to go and where all the trucks are at all times. Mm-hmm. And if you have that visibility, you know exactly that one specific truck, for example, is going to be in Perth in four days. And that in four days, there's a 95% chance likelihood that this client will need to move freight back to Sydney. And so you start optimizing in the future. You start having a full view of what is happening, which truck has freight allocated and when in time. And then you understand which client needs what kind of freight requirements in time. And, and you can expect that our clients and most of our clients don't grow more than 10% year on year. Mm-hmm. So there's about 90% certainty around their freight movement. So what we do is that we try to, to put a super tight grip on the data, on understanding where all the trucks are, on understanding how the trucking companies operate, where are they blind spot, where are they lacking freight, where, they, where do they need support to be more profitable, to be more efficient. And then we put a super tight grip on understanding the historical data of all of our clients, the, the future requirements that they might have, the current freight requirements that they have, and we crunch all of that constantly so that we can optimize freight. In a nutshell, it's exactly what we do. So if we know exactly where the millions of trucks are at all times, we know we have a level of predictability that is above 90% where all the freight will need to move into the future, then you can start having fun. Yeah, and I think it is super fascinating as well. And I think you've also demonstrated that disruption within the road freight industry is not necessarily just in maybe new technology but also the type of people in the market and the different perspectives that they're bringing in because traditionally like you've said it's been really big key players how can we address this power imbalance and maybe empower smaller carriers through the adoption of new tech or is it maybe the opposite where embracing new tech and people is that point of entry for smaller companies like chicken and the egg kind of situation (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it's, it's the first one because it's not a level playing field. Um, and you're absolutely right in putting in a position the smaller players and the bigger players, right? The bigger players have the means to invest in technology. They have the means to invest in a lot of different things that the, the, the smaller players can't, obviously, right? And, mm. and you're talking about efficiency, but let's also even talk about the, 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 the cost structure, right? Uh, a company that has dozens of thousands of trucks versus an owner-operator so it's not a level playing field, right? On, on one end, the smaller players are the leanest one because they have the least amount of overhead, but every cost that they incur is higher. And so we play a role in leveling the playing field. We play mm-hmm. a role in, in finding a way through our bargaining power and through aggregating the demand to negotiate the best deals across a numerous amount of touch, uh, cost items. And then on top of that, we say, well, because we know that the real way to be efficient is to get access to data is to get access to to visibility, to understand the trucking companies. So we don't want to charge them. This is not a revenue stream. We don't want to charge them. We want to to empower them for free to be able to integrate technology in their their operations and in their setup so that we can then tap into the data. And then with that data, we can then reap the benefit of being fully efficient. You've you've touched on a little bit as well, which was this idea of the impact of um, of automation. 
how could automation change these processes and these ex- or execution within the industry, particularly, uh, again, you, which you've mentioned, the adoption of connected and autonomous vehicles? Right now, the journey of a, a company understanding that they need to move freight, then understanding how is the best way, what is the best way to, to, to send freight to, to optimize cost. And then for that to be sent to a trucking company, for a trucking company to then look at his capacity, understand his driver, all of that is manual touch point across the full journey. So the automation will mean that we will go from a system receiving a, a, an order straight channeling through our platform, but we'll crunch it through algorithms and understand exactly which trucking company is going to be the most relevant to directly allocating it to a single truck, to a truck driver, just accepting with a pin number the load. And never it touches anyone else than the company understanding what their clients booked and ordered from them to the driver fulfilling that load. And so we will remove all human interaction and then we will make sure that it is actually just being managed by a truck driver and then the client itself and technology does all of the rest. And this is the automation for technology. It's awesome because normally um, people kind of want more touch points put in when you're talking about freight, but it's almost like in this instance, it's almost better to remove the number of different touch points and just have like that one person more centralized. Would that be kind of a, a correct observation? It is. It is. And of course, it depends on, on, the, on, on the different requirements, but we do b 2 b freight. It is simple. We, it's a point A to a point B. It's high volume freight. It can be full truck loads. And so in that instance, any single manual touch point is a waste. Um, and I also want to make a last comment, right? The, mm-hmm. There's something in this industry which is super interesting, that the larger companies subcontract on average 40% of their work. So 40% of the work that is given to them is they actually give it to another company. Wow. And they take around 20% of that margin just for themselves. And then they give it to another company that is a bit smaller, a bit leaner. That company, 40% of its own freight, is actually being subcontracted to another player. They again take a big cut of the margin. And so the smaller players, the owner operators and the massive long tail is actually working with, with, with trucking companies as clients. And so people take us. And so the smaller players have access to no margin, razor thin margin, and actually the client is paying a massive amount. And so what we want to do is like, let's even remove the middleman, not as just processes, but as people, as companies. And make sure that the freight goes straight to people that generate the value that is actually doing the work. It's it's actually really interesting how because I didn't know about how they change all the different margins and the outsourcing and things like that. So it's really great insights for someone who doesn't work in that industry but is a consumer who potentially relies on that industry to understand a little bit more about the ins and outs and what's in the black box that is road freight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it makes sense when you think about it. So no one's really guilty. So it's a structural problem. But of course, when you're a big client, let's say theoretically that you're a Coca-Cola, right? Mm. And you're moving thousands of trucks a day. Well, if if you deal with one company, it's okay. It's, it's not as hard. But if you but 1,000 trucks that you need to move becomes 1,000 companies because they are owner operators. Well, managing that complexity in a scalable way, managing dealing with, with 1,000 accounting system, 1,000 invoicing systems, or 1,000 customer service teams, or whatever it is, right? You, you kind of capped in the efficiency you can get, so you go the easy way out. And what we say is that actually technology can simplify that, can mm. simplify dealing with the people generating the most value. And that's what we do in a nutshell. So clearly you're a wealth of knowledge about this whole context, which is why I wanted to pick your brain for this last question about 
what are some practical tips for businesses, I think regardless of the size, to make their processes more sustainable, uh, embrace technological change and maybe manage that complexity? Tips. It's a, it's, a, it's a good question. It's a hard one to answer. It, it, it's such a complex industry. <laughs> I, I just want to send the message of hope, right? Um, I know for a fact that the smaller family-owned businesses are just the ones dying year on year. Mm. They're the ones that are being squeezed by the biggest players. They're the ones that are struggling to catch up on the growing expectation of their customers to have visibility, to have technological access. Players like us or us ourselves, we're here to support. We're here to help. We generate value. We can support you because the value we generate to our clients, we do that by generating it first to the trucking companies that we leverage. Um, and, uh, and as a second message, say, well, if there's that confidence and if we can work together and provide you with the right volume that supports your business, well, let us work together in improving the quality of your fleet. Trucks are 15 years old on average in Australia. That means that the emission that they have, the carbon footprint that they have is massive just by the simple fact that they are old trucks versus new trucks. And then there's, well, let's see if we can support them to do a transition in different type of trucks, in the hydrogen, in the electric trucks. And so let us work together in finding ways for them to have security in the revenue stream that they get through the work that we can give them so that they can invest in renewing in the best way possible. I think it's it's kind of a nice message to leave it there on this idea of like two things to take away, which is this idea of hope and the importance of partnerships, which I think is quite a nice little round end to our conversation. <laughs> well jeff thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and talking to me all about the road logistics and the tr- and the trucking industry and the efficiencies and sustainability options within there thank you very much for, for having me on this Emily. it's been a pleasure if you'd like to know more about jeff or offload you can visit their website which is offload.com.au offload is spelled o-f-l-o-a-d Alternatively, if you'd like to know more about the Bite Size podcast or the company that produces this podcast, Compass IoT, you can visit our website, which is compassiot.com.au. Until next time.